Scripture for today is from Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 1 through verse 21. If you'd like to open your Bible and read along with that, Acts 2, verses 1 through 21. Or if you would like to watch the video that's going to be here, if you'd like to do both, that's great. But there's going to be a video, which is a little more contemporary version and an artistic version of what happened on the day of Pentecost. And as the narrator is speaking, it is the words directly from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. Let's watch. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem, and when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. They were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there, amazed and perplexed, what can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy, and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood, and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, today we're going to talk about that passage right out of Acts chapter 2 about Pentecost and about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about how that, that same Holy Spirit, which came down on Peter and on those first disciples, is available for us that we can have that same power that they had. We're going to learn that at Pentecost, God had a plan. At Pentecost, God had a plan that included his power to be poured out for his purpose. And we're going to talk about what's your part. So at Pentecost, God had a plan for his power to be poured out. And what's the purpose in that? And then what's our part to play in all that with the Holy Spirit? Well, Pentecost, we talked about it with the kids a little bit. It's 50 days after the resurrection. Jesus ascended to heaven after 40 days. And Pentecost is 10 days after that ascension. 
Pentecost for the Jewish people, as we mentioned to the kids, was the Feast of Weeks. It also celebrated the giving of the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. So on that day and at that time, Jews from the surrounding countries, if they were close enough to walk or to to ride into Jerusalem, would gather in Jerusalem to celebrate this feast, this holiday, much like uh, many gather back in Indianapolis in February for the Super Bowl or some are gathered down in Speedway today. They gathered to celebrate. They gathered for a purpose. And they gathered there and they spoke many different languages because they came from many different places. It says that all the believers, and there were about 120 of them in Acts chapter 1, gathered in one place. And on that day, the Holy Spirit came. It looked like tongues of fire that settled on their heads. Well, why fire? Why would God talk about fire or have the Holy Spirit look like fire? We read that fire in Scripture often represents God's purifying presence. It's burning away things that are undesirable for us. We also read in the Old Testament that our God is like a consuming fire, that he wants all of us and that he wants to indwell us, to be in us and with us. We read that the believers on that day were empowered by God, being in them and then wanting to do marvelous things through them. Perhaps they saw the tongues, the tongues that the people saw that day were to represent the speech and the communication that then they would share God's message, his purpose with others. I don't know about you, but I haven't seen something um, that dramatic in my Christian life where it looked like, you know, tongues of fire were landing on people's heads. But I do believe it is available for us to see God's spirit in other ways. When we look in other places in the scripture, we see God's spirit in other ways. In 1 Kings chapter 19, it says that God speaks to Elijah, the prophet Elijah, very quietly. It says there was a powerful wind, there was an earthquake, there was fire, and then God came and spoke uh, in a whisper. God is speaking to us every day as well if we listen, and we must We often must use the Holy Spirit to listen carefully and to hear what God is saying to us. In Psalm 46, it says that God speaks in a still, small voice. And so many times it's up to us to be quiet and to listen. So God is a God of speech. He speaks, and God is a God of action. And in this case, in Acts chapter 2, a miracle. He uses a miracle where the disciples can speak about him and people understand it in a lot of different languages. Now, some places in the New Testament read about the gift of tongues, speaking in tongues. Well, this is not that. This is a time when the disciples were speaking and people could understand them in their own language, a real miracle. We read that in, uh, in these verses that people were gathered from all different kinds of places and they were there because, again, it was the day of Pentecost. It was the day of Pentecost. And we're going to look again at those little points there. On the day of Pentecost, God had a plan. What is his plan that 50 days after the resurrection? His plan is to get his word out to the world. So literally the world, or at least the world there around the Middle East, had come to Jerusalem to celebrate, to celebrate the Feast of Weeks. Now they could come to that place. God had a plan for his Holy Spirit to come on that day so that they could be told about Jesus, so that, think about it, when they go back then to their hometowns, they're taking that new faith with them. So he used Pentecost Pentecost for his plan 
to get his word out to the world. And what is part of that plan? If we were to look back at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, that was happening on that day, in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. God's plan is to get the word out through his people, empowered by his Holy Spirit. And he wants to get his message out to all nations. Um, God's plan includes this, and it was the last line in that video in verse 21, Acts chapter 2. It says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, how is this going to happen? It can't just happen, you know, through our own works, through what we do. It happens when God's Holy Spirit, His power is to be poured out. His power is to be poured out. Um, for many years, I got the chance to be part of the Awakening. The Awakening is a high school version of the Great Banquet. Many of you are familiar with the Great Banquet, a three-day retreat here at ZPC and many other locations. And at the Awakening, there's 15 talks. And the last talk of the Awakening is just called power. It's just the word power. Well, why is that? Because for 14 talks, students hear about um, their faith. They hear about the basics of the faith and they learn all about that. And then in the 15th talk, the last talk before you go, you hear about God's power, and the talk is about the Holy Spirit. Because without God and without the Holy Spirit, we can only do so much, and God will only bless what we do so much. Through the Holy Spirit, through His power, um, God can do miraculous things, and that's why that talk it, there is called power. So there's a plan that's coming together. Now, if we look back a little bit at Christian history and then we look forward a little bit, here's this plan coming together. We see that in the Gospels, God sent Jesus to save. We've been talking about that gospel message since the time of Easter and what happened right after Easter. God sent Jesus to save. He got his message out through his son. Jesus taught his disciples his message. He trained them, and then he told them it was their job to go out and make disciples. And then now here... Um, he empowers them. And something I want to remind you of, when we read the Bible, you know, it covers so much territory from the time of Genesis and then in Abraham up to the book of Revelation, covers so much territory. But really, from when we ended the book of John last week to today, when we're in Acts chapter 2, it's just seven weeks. It's just the time from the time of Easter to the time of uh, Pentecost is just 50 days. It's really, really close right there. So at this time then, God sends his Holy Spirit so that the people who are gathered in Jerusalem on that special day, all part of a divine plan, that they would hear um, his word and take it back to their hometowns. It's a great plan that God has. So what's the purpose? The purpose, again, as it says in verse 21, that all those who call on Jesus will be saved. Everyone who asks Jesus to be in their life as Lord and Savior will be saved. God has a purpose. He has a plan. It's for his power to be poured out at Pentecost. So what's our part? What's your part? It can be as simple as this. Our part is also to know Jesus. It's to believe in him. And I know from knowing most of you, a lot of you by face and by name, you know who Jesus is. You have him as your Savior and Lord. And the Bible promises when we have him as Savior that he sends his Holy Spirit, you know, from Acts chapter 2 onward, that he has sent his Holy Spirit 
to be with each of us. So if you are a believer in Jesus, you have God's Holy Spirit in you right now. Oftentimes we don't lean on that enough, but we can. So what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, let's look at a couple of passages of what does the Holy Spirit do? You know, we talk a lot about God the Father, God the Son. Uh, We don't talk as much about God the Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit do? Well, Jesus specifically talked about that in a couple of places in John chapter 16. The first one is this, John 16, verses 7 and 8. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world what is wrong about uh, sin and what is right about righteousness and judgment. So God sends his Holy Spirit to be a Counselor. There's another translation that says Advocate. He's there to give us wisdom, advice, and counsel, and also to convict us when we've gone the wrong way to bring us back on the right path. If we look down a few verses later in John chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, he says this. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So God sends the Holy Spirit to speak and to speak truth. And, you know, sometimes I know even as a pastor, I know all of us, it can be hard to read the Bible and to understand what it means for us today. But God says he specifically sends his spirit to each of us as believers that when we read the Bible, he gives us understanding and wisdom so that we can understand it and apply it to our lives. And as we mentioned earlier, also in Acts 1-8, the third passage, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit comforts us, counsels us, teaches us the truth, even helps us to read the Bible and understand it. There's other passages that says the Holy Spirit helps us to pray when we don't have the words to pray. We can lean on the Holy Spirit how to pray. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us and finally gives us power to live for God. So the Holy Spirit is God. It's not, the Holy Spirit is not separate from God. The Holy Spirit is truly God. We, again, we have God the Father, the creator of all things, the sovereign God. We see Jesus as God's son. We've been talking about him since the time of Easter, fully God and fully human. And we have the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, to send to us for many reasons that we just talked about. The Holy Spirit can be, though, a little harder to understand sometimes. You know, I, I can even be confused a little bit because it's a little more mysterious, maybe not as concrete as God the Father and God the Son. But God sends His Spirit to speak to us, as we talked about earlier. And we must often use uh, the Holy Spirit, God in us, to listen and to understand his still small voice. It's hard sometimes because of all the uh, distractions that we have in our world, hard to to hear what God is saying to us because of all the noise we have in our lives. And so there are times when we need to quiet ourselves to hear from God and to listen for God. There's a couple of ways, a couple of the basics, a couple of spiritual disciplines 
that we can practice, though, which help us get into tune with what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. First, reading the Word daily and really just being committed. Have a Bible plan. Read the Word. Get into the Word. Read it. And when you do, ask God to speak to you through the Word because He is already speaking. The Word is living to speak to you through the word, to tell you um, what message he has for you. And secondly, through our prayers. But our prayers, I want to ask you maybe to pray a little bit differently than you might normally pray, is really to pray with our focus um, in two ways. First, really to pray with a focus on praise and thanks. How do we do that? We praise God for who God is, and we thank God for what God has done. If you're saying, you know, I don't always know how to do that, we hear a lot about prayer. Prayer is asking. It is also that. It is asking God to to bless us and to bless others around us who are sick or hurting or where we need help. But we can praise God for who he is and thank God for what he's done. You can use the Psalms. The Psalms are a great place to do that, to use as your example. You can use the Gospels to look up the character of Jesus and who God is through Christ. You can use Paul's letters, Romans Philippians are great places to use Paul's letters to see about God's character and who God is and why we praise him and thank him. And then secondly, we listen for him to answer. When we ask God our request, we really expect, we wait expectantly for God to answer our prayers. And when we do that, we will see God answering our prayers. We will begin to hear God, what he has for us, and we will begin to know God's will more. And I tell you that because uh, that doesn't always happen for me, but I will tell you a specific example. I really felt that God spoke to me. And um, I wish there were times, I don't know about you, but I wish there were times when I could, I could pray to God and then I would hear an audible voice, Scott, you need to go and do this now. Now I can tell you, I've never had that happen to me, okay? So if you haven't had that happen to you, you're not alone. But I have had times, and one of those was just about 10 days ago, where I really felt God spoke to me very clearly. I, on Wednesday, a week ago, I was spending some time because I had a week ahead to work on this message. I was doing some study about the Holy Spirit. I was looking at this passage, Acts chapter 2, and I ran out of time at the end of the day, and I put in my notes. I said, I need to look up some other, wrote down specifically, need to look up some other Bible passage to understand more about the Holy Spirit. Thursday, I didn't have time to do that. Friday morning, I met a friend, 7 a.m. for coffee. We're doing our one-to-one Bible study through the Destin series that we've talked about. And that day, we were in a certain chapter. We were actually on page 34. We opened up our Destin books, and he says, you know, I think we're right here on page 34. So I opened up my book to page 34. I had a little mark where we had stopped our last lesson, and we hadn't met in a couple of weeks. And I look at that lesson, and right under where where we had made our mark, where it says to stop, Here was the title. It says, what role does the Holy Spirit play in my life? And there listed were about five passages and about two pages of teaching all about what the Holy Spirit does in my life. And I helped helped, um, study that then after I got back to help, uh, for God to help inform me more about the Holy Spirit. I felt in no way was that a coincidence, but God had provided that for me And so that I could tell you this morning that God truly does speak when we ask for his help and we listen, he will speak. 
The Holy Spirit is often like the wind as well. You know, we talk about the Holy Spirit being a little mysterious. And as a Christian, you can be like a sleek sailboat where the wind is the presence of God for you. You know, that breeze, if you're out on a lake, unless it's a really uh, still day, the breeze is there for you. It can fill your sail and move you across the water. However, it's up to you to choose to open your sail to receive the wind. And that means to submit to the power and the direction of the wind. And the Holy Spirit in different places is referred to like God's breath or a wind that God sends for us. So we must open ourselves up. Our sails open up to the wind. We can use the rudder to try to get into location much as we use prayer to get in the right frame, to go the right direction. But we still have to open our sails up to receive the wind. And without that wind or without that power, if we, we've cut ourselves off to that, we will drift aimlessly in our attempts to follow God and to live for him. Through the Holy Spirit, we can also produce spiritual fruit. Now, to produce fruit, we have to stay connected to God. Now, I know the last couple of Sundays, there was the Mater mission, the small tomato plants that were out in the gathering space, and we took a couple home. I told Steve Winning, though, I think I have a black thumb, not a green thumb. We don't grow things very well at our house, but we're going to make an attempt to grow a couple of tomato plants. He said, if you could come back with two tomatoes from each plant, that would be great. But if we... Um, but if we stay connected to God, we can produce fruit. In our lives, if, 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 we, if, you know, if I go home and if I water those plants, if I tend to them, if I keep weeds out of the garden, keep that um, plant connected, it will produce fruit. In the same way, if we water our lives through Scripture and through prayer, if we stay connected to God, God produces fruit through us, as he mentions in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, things like gentleness and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control. And through that fruit, then we can influence others the way that Peter did on that Pentecost Sunday in Acts. You know, you don't have to be uh, a perfect Christian or a superstar saint. You don't have to be Billy Graham or Mother Teresa to have the Holy Spirit to impact others and play a part. But we do need to stay connected to God every day. I was at a pastor's conference a couple of weeks ago, and there was a video portion of that conference where pastor and teacher Alistair Begg, I don't know if you've ever heard him on the radio, he said, godliness is more important than giftedness. That was a great quote. I wrote that down. Godliness is more important than giftedness. And he spoke to pastors, but really to all of us. You know, we can do so much in our gifts. Some of us have the gift of hospitality or teaching or caring, you know, or different kinds of gifts, different kinds of abilities. But if we do it apart from God, we can only do so much. But if we're connected to God, and we have that godliness, he will use us to do great things for him. Should we try harder to do more for God? This is kind of a question we have when we hear maybe a message like this. Should we try harder to do more for God? No, I don't think we should. The great theologian Karl Barth said this. It's a nice quote as well. He said, when we are at our wit's end for an answer, then the Holy Spirit can give us the answer. But how can the Holy Spirit give us an answer when we are still well supplied with all sorts of answers on our own? So 
Don't try harder, but depend on God more. Don't try harder. Depend on God more. Each of us has a part to play, just as the disciples had a part to play. So this summer, this week, even this Memorial Day weekend, um, look into yourself where your gifts are. Depend on God more. Ask ask, uh, God to send you his Holy Spirit again, and it's appropriate to ask again and again for God's Holy Spirit, for his guidance, his will, his power, for his comfort, all those things. And he will come into you again and again and use you to his glory. Christian author Francis Chan said this about the Holy Spirit and about our lives. No matter where you live, what you look like, you have the choices each day to live safely, to try and control your life, or you can live as you were created to live, as a temple of the Holy Spirit, as a person dependent on God, desperate for God the Spirit to show up and make a difference. When you are walking with the Spirit, that is when people will begin to look not to you, but to our Father in heaven and give him the praise. So in worship and in life, this is what we want, not to give ourselves the praise for like all of our gifts, all the things that we're good at. We want for God to receive the praise when we are walking with him step in step through the Holy Spirit. Francis Chan recently wrote a book on the Holy Spirit, and then the last page of this book, he had a wonderful prayer, and I've adapted it um, for our closing prayer today, so I'd love for you to bow your heads. We're going to pray this adapted prayer from Francis Chan on the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us again. We know that you filled each of us at the time when we asked Jesus into our lives. We trust that from the Scripture. But we know, Holy Spirit, that sometimes we live lives in rebellion to God. And so when we do, when I have, oh Lord, when we have grieved you, ignored you, and resisted your leading, we ask that you forgive us. We need you, Holy Spirit, to change us. Only through you can we truly worship and truly understand the meaning of God's word as you teach us and you want us to understand. You are the spirit of truth, as Jesus taught. You are the spirit of holiness, of life. Thank you for the truth and the life, the wisdom, the comfort, and the counsel that you give us. In our crowded lives, we ask that you speak loudly, Spirit, and drown out other voices which call us to conform to the world. Help us instead to conform to you. You are the Spirit who gives fruit. Help us to show that fruit of things like peace and joy, gentleness and patience and love as we live with you and you live in us. And we pray for our church, O Lord. Holy Spirit, move in our church to be different, to desire in our hearts to live for you, to change where we need to live for you, to stay the course where we need to stay the course. Lord, through your spirit, lead our church where you want us to go. Lord, we know that you speak in times of quiet through your spirit. And in these moments of quiet, where we sit or where we stand, each of us 
Lord, speak to us in these moments of silence as we uh, spend time with you quietly. And so again, come Holy Spirit, fill us so that we can sense your presence, that we can live with you and for you even this week. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.